this show is a little off the beaten track, and it may be unexpected and surprising. So, taste it and enjoy. We've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh, boy! Here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates! This is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Oh, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you're a brand new listener, if you've never heard this show, I hope you enjoy the show. There are a lot of Disney podcasts out there, and I'm glad you made this one of the ones you've listened to. If you are listening to the show for a second time, third time, fifth time, 75th time, 85th time, because this is the 85th show, 85th episode, I appreciate you. I really, really do. I, I, I wouldn't do the show if I didn't have people listening, uh, and uh, I appreciate you being one of those listeners. And so share the show. Tell people about the show. Uh, share the social media podcasts or the social media posts on Facebook and such. Uh, you know, let people know. Let people know that there's a show out there that they should listen to, and I'm hoping this is it. So uh, we're going to talk about Disneyland today. I got back from a trip a couple of days ago, a five-day trip. I was there from Wednesday to Sunday of last week. Had an incredible time. And I'm going to share with you a little bit later on my top ten favorite Disneyland moments or kind of things about Disneyland this trip. Now, it may be different from other trips that I've had uh, for Disneyland. I may you know, reflect back about my 2011 trip. Space Mountain was a, was a great memory my wife and I had on that trip. Whereas uh, it doesn't make the list this time because of other reasons, but you know we'll talk all about Disneyland. And I'll kind of share some stories and I kind of share some things to, to kind of think about and then kind of enjoy when it comes to Disneyland. And if you've been out there, then you'll get it. If you haven't been, I do encourage you to go because it's a great, great park. Now you got to know that uh, Disney World is my home. Disney Disney World is my home. That's where I belong. That is where I'll always call home. But I love getting out to Disneyland when I can, uh, once a year, maybe once every two years, just enjoying the history of the parks. But we'll get there. We'll get there. But first, we got some news to talk about, so let's dive in with some Disney news. Well, howdy, folks. Let's gather around. Here's some Disney news from around these parts and around the world. Just a few news items to go over real quick. We'll talk about Space 2020. Now, I said that. I have been saying Space 2020 for a week now. It's Space 220. Now, what is that? That is the new restaurant coming to Epcot where you will go into a quote-unquote space lift or a space, uh, I guess, a little space ship that will take you 220 miles above the Earth's surface where you will dine looking down below at Earth, looking down below at Epcot from an aerial view. Of course, it's a restaurant that will be enhanced, enhanced with magical windows. You can see out, and what you're seeing basically is the you know is the magic of, of, of Disney, you know, seeing the, the Earth from 220 miles up. It is called Space 220, and people have been wondering, when is that going to open? When is the reservations going to come open? Well, it's now been pretty much confirmed. March 30th is the confirmed date of when it will be coming open. Open. Um, they said winter of 2020, and that's pushing it a little bit into spring, but we'll see what happens. No re- no idea on reservations yet. Nobody knows about reservations. Uh, we're, we're waiting for those, and I'm sure that when the reservations come open, they will be flooded flooded with reservation requests. So I'm hoping to get in there sometime maybe in the fall because my trip lasts until the 25th or 26th of March, and then I'm coming home. It'll be next fall before I get back. Maybe we'll see if I can get a reservation. Who knows? 
The Pirates League at Disney World is closing. It's this great little thing where you can go be a pirate at the Pirates League, similar to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which is in the Magic Kingdom at uh, at the castle, where girls can get dolled up like princesses, and boys can even do like the knight treatment with the glitter and the sword and such. Well, the Pirates League was a little to me, it was a little more inclusive because it was really for everybody. You know, you could be a pirate, you can be a mermaid, you can be a, a, a piratess, as they call, or a mermaid pirate or whatever, and adults could do it with their children. I've got, I've had several clients as a travel agent, I've had several clients who actually have gone with their kids to do it, and they send me pictures, the kids are all dolled up as a pirate, or the mom or the dad has the, the mermaid or the pirate makeup on with the earring and such, great family pictures. It is closing on July 26th. No word yet on why exactly it's closing. I don't know if it's just a cut or something. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's something they're going to retool and maybe open later. But I will miss that Pirates League because it was a good little thing going on there in Magic Kingdom. Universal has announced that Nintendo World would officially be part of the new Epic Universe Park opening up sometime around 2023 in a very poorly kept secret. It's one of those things that everybody knew, but Universal wasn't confirming, but everybody knew. And so when they came out and said, hey, guess what? Super Mario World and Nintendo World will be a part of Epic Universe. Everybody was like, well, yeah, of course, we knew that, right? Uh, Because it's just a not poorly kept secret. But Universal did confirm it, and so... There is no going back now. They did confirm it will be a part of Epic Universe, opening up in 2023. And finally, in this shortened news segment, the Fast Pass for Millennium Falcon is coming. Uh, I get requests for Fast Passes all the time for Rise of the Resistance and Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, located there in uh, Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars at uh, Hollywood Studios. There was no Fast Passes available, and so you couldn't do anything with the Fast Passes. Uh, You had to just go get in line for Rise of the Resistance. Of course, you have to get a boarding group, which we'll talk about in a little while. That can be both a great thing and a maddening thing, let me tell you that. So we'll get there. But they did announce that vacations starting on February 19th and beyond will be able to get Fast Passes for the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, which is a very cool thing because it's basically shaken up the Fast Pass tiers. Now, for Epcot, for Animal Kingdom, and for Hollywood Studios, they have a Fast Pass tier system where they have a, a group of one, a group of several Fast Passes at the top. You pick one out of those, and they're always the good attractions. Pick two out of the, the the rest of them, which sometimes aren't as good, or sometimes you don't need Fast Passes for. And up until recently, it's been like Toy Story Mania, uh, Slinky Dog Dash, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, Fantasmic, all been the top. And at the bottom, you know, you pick Star Tours and maybe do the Frozen show or the Voyage of the Little Mermaid show, and then you've got other shows and stuff that you're thinking, we don't really need a Fast Pass for this, but i got to pick something, so I guess I'll just get that. Well, now they've actually said, well, Slinky Dog Dash and Millennium Falcon will be the top tier. Everything else will be in the bottom tier, which is pretty fantastic, which means you feasibly could have a day where your Fast Pass is Millennium Falcon with Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster, or you could do Slinky Dog Dash with Toy Story Mania and uh, Star Tours. I mean, you could have a great set of Fast Passes at Hollywood Studios, Suddenly, your lineup of Fast Passes at Hollywood may be as good as anything at Magic Kingdom. Which, by the way, Magic Kingdom does everything at once. They just throw everything into a pot and say, hey, y'all pick three. (laughs) So, that's kind of how they do it there. That'll be changing on the 19th of February. Looking forward to that. So that is our shortened news segment. Like I said, not a whole lot of news going on, things you haven't already heard me talk about. And I wanted to kind of dive into our little main segment here, Disneyland. Now, I want to give you my top 10 favorite things about this past week at Disneyland. Now, again, some of these are going to be personal. Some of these are going to be just cool things that I saw and experienced or whatever. So I'll talk a little bit about each one. Uh, starting with number 10, we're going to go, go quickly through the list so the show is not four hours long. But number 10, 
The Good Neighbor Hotels. Now, I have stayed at Disneyland several times, and I've actually stayed in a Good Neighbor Hotel uh, once, Anaheim Inn, last May, and you may remember me talking about that on a Disneyland wrap-up show sometime last summer. Um, Anaheim Inn's great. It's great. It's called a Good Neighbor Hotel, and, and what that means for the uninitiated is Disney partners with local hotels around Disneyland, and they call them Good Neighbors, and those Good Neighbor Hotels have to meet certain requirements from Disney to be called that, and we're able to book those as travel agents. We're able to go into our systems, and just like booking Disneyland Hotel, or the Grand Californian. I can book the, the Tropicana Inns and Suites. I can book the Spring Hill Inn. I can book the Howard Johnson, um, the Anaheim Inn, like I said, the Castle Inn and Suite and such. And I can book all of those uh, as part of a vacation package. I can't do room only. I have to do it with a package, but I can I can help you with those. So if maybe Paradise Pier or uh, maybe Disneyland is kind of out of your price range, and that's possible because they can be kind of expensive. If they're a little out of your price range, we can go somewhere like the, the Fairfield Inn, which is right there. So what I did on Friday evening, I had a little bit of time, had an hour or two. I kind of walked down to the main street there in front of Disneyland, and I believe it's called Harbor Boulevard. So let me kind of set the scene for you here. If, you, if you're standing in the Esplanade with Disneyland on one side and California Adventure on the other, you have two directions you can walk besides those parks. Uh, you can go one way, and we'll take you to Disneyland Hotel. There actually is a set of Good Neighbor Hotels back there, but I don't even quite know where they are, just to, to really be honest with you. And they're kind of a little, kind of a kind of far walk. Uh, on the other side, go down, there's like basically like a, I don't know, a five-minute walk, and I timed it. If you go on my Facebook page, Disney on a Dollar, uh, on Facebook, you can see that there's a video of me doing that walk. It's a five-minute video where I do the walk from the front to the back to get to the Esplanade. Uh, it's, it basically takes you down to Harbor Boulevard. Now, on Harbor Boulevard, there's a lineup of hotels right there in front. Basically, you have, I don't know, 10, 12 hotels all right there to kind of choose from, and those are kind of the, those are the good neighbor hotels. Now there are other good neighbor hotels in the area, off on other streets. Sometimes they're miles away, and you can kind of get shuttle service. But it's nice to have these because you can walk to the parks from them. And really, the farthest distance on any of these is probably about a twenty minute walk. And I would say that's Howard Johnson, kind of down on the end. Uh, but really, in order, you've got the Wyndham, you've got the Desert Palm across the street, you've got the Candy Cane Inn, the Castle Inn, the Anaheim Inn, you've got uh, Grand Legacy at the park, the Best Western Anaheim Inn, the Del Sol, the Anaheim Desert Inn and Suites, the Parkview Inn, uh, the Best Western Plus, Tropicana, Camelot, uh, Fairfield Inn, Courtyard by Marriott, and Howard Johnson. That's a lot of hotels right across the street from that main gate, from that main entrance, is the is the Best Western Plus. And a lot of times that's sold out because it literally is. You walk out the front of the hotel, there's the crosswalk, you cross that street, and you go right into that walkway leading to the Esplanade. So my number 10, basically, is the Good Neighbor Hotels. I was able to kind of go out there and kind of catch a, a, a view of everything. Now, in May, I was able to stay at a, at a Good Neighbor Hotel, as I mentioned, and I did take some pictures, but that wasn't really, really wasn't a priority for us when we were there to, to get the scope of the land. We took some pictures. It was at night. I uh, didn't really get good good pictures and so this time I made it a point to go out there and take pictures of each of the hotels and I'm going to have them on my Facebook page and on my Instagram at some point very soon Magic on a Dollar on Instagram and on Twitter as well um, so you can go there and see and of course my website magiconadollar.com all the plugs it was kind of nice being able to see those hotels, walk the sidewalk, and kind of, you know, see where everything is. Because when somebody says, hey, I want to stay over at the at the Anaheim Inn, or I want to stay at the Grand Legacy at the park, or I have, you know, I, I've heard good things about the Spring Hill Inns and Suites. It's nice to be able to have a visualization of, oh, yeah, Spring Hill Inn, that's great for families. You actually can do one- and two-bedroom suites. It's good for families of six or seven. Uh, you know, but if you only have, a, have two people, you might want to stay at the Best Western, which is a little bit closer, uh, things like that. So I, I love seeing the Good Neighbor Hotels. I think they're all great hotels. Now, I will admit there are some I like better than others. I, I, there is the Castle Inns and Suites, and I have not been into the Castle Inn and Suites. Uh, I can tell you that the gift shop does not look cool. It looks very... 
I don't want to say sketchy or shady because it, it, it may be maybe perfectly fine. It just didn't it didn't look very I'm gonna use this word. It didn't look very clean. It might be fine. It just looked very dusty and kind of old. And the whole thing looks like a castle. And it's just that's just not my thing. I don't want to stay in a, a hotel that looks like a castle. I want to stay in a nice, comfortable hotel that looks like a hotel so I can go to Disneyland if I can. Uh, so I don't know if I would stay there. Um, you know, but the best westerns were great. The Howard Johnson is great. The, of course, the Marriott's are always great. So those are great hotels there. And guess what? I'm happy to help you if you decide, you know what? I want to stay at a good neighbor hotel, save a little bit of money, then I will help you do that. Which is going to lead me to number nine. And that is Paradise Pier. Now, previously, I have stayed at the Disneyland Hotel before. It was 2016 when I did. I also stayed at the Grand Californian in 2016, so I've stayed at those two. And Paradise Pier was that hotel that was kind of out there I had not gotten to yet. I was getting there, but not quite there yet. So this time I decided, you know what, our, our group that we went with, the group that I went with, was staying at the Grand Californian. And I thought, well, let me add on a night at the Paradise Pier, so that way I will have all three hotels down. Right off the front, let me tell you, the Disneyland Hotel is my favorite hotel of the three. I love the Disneyland Hotel. I love the history. I love how beautiful it is. It's very, the theming is cool. It just looks awesome. That's not to say the other two are bad. They're, they're great. I just happen to love the Disneyland Hotel, and nothing this weekend made me change my mind. But I did stay at the Paradise Pier Inn for the first time. Now, remember that walkway I told you about, that if you kind of walk, uh, instead of going to the Good Neighbor Hotels, you're walking the other direction. Uh, if you keep doing that, you will come into the Disneyland Hotel. Paradise Pier is located very close to that. And on the other side is 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 the Grand Californian, so you kind of walk past both to get to Paradise Pier. It's set back just a little farther, not very much, maybe an extra minute or two walk. Um, and I kind of look at this as the Animal Kingdom Lodge or the Wilderness Lodge of the Disneyland Resorts. And what I mean by that is it's the least expensive of the three. Of the three. Now, having said that, you of course could get a a certain view, a, a theme park view or something of Paradise Pier, you know, and that probably is going to be more expensive than a standard at Grand Californian because you have the views and stuff. But put them in the same category, all standard rooms. You're going to pay less at Paradise Pier. The room was comfortable. Uh, when I first got there, I loaded my stuff up and I was given room 500 up in the corner, uh, up the corner fifth floor, which is fine. It was a handicapped room, which you know I had a special rate as a travel planner, so uh, you know I can't uh, fuss too much about it. But I got in there and it smelled like bleach. It smelled like bleach and did not smell good at all. It just it was too much. I, I was in there for a few minutes, and I was like, okay, I can handle this. And then I thought, no, I, I can't. Ugh. Uh, so I went down to the front desk, and I talked to the guy. Very friendly. Uh, he was friendly. I was friendly. Everything was great. And I was like, hey, guys, you know, this smells like bleach. Can I can I get a different room? And they kind of hunted up into something else. And they said, sure. I said, you know, let's, let's take care of that for you. So they moved me down two floors to the third floor. I got the same type room, only it smelled like a Disney hotel. And for those of you who have ever been to a Disney hotel, you walk in, you kind of have that kind of smell to it you just know it's a disney resort and if i walked outside and smelled that i would be like well there's a disney resort here somewhere because you just you just have that smell and that's what it smelled like and i thought ah this is much better very comfortable room two queen beds you know big tv very comfortable bathroom i was able to, i was only there for one night so i was able to spread out just a little bit uh you know whenever i unpack i basically just un, undo my suitcase and throw everything around the room uh, that's just kind of how i am especially when i'm by myself and i don't have anybody else to answer to you know it was a really comfortable room it's very comfortable my view was great paradise pier is a beautiful hotel they have a great pool they do they have a great pool and a great view of the fireworks now you're not right on the fireworks but if you're on the roof where the pool is uh or, or the pool area there you can kind of see off into the distance and see where where the fireworks are, and you're kind of sitting between the Grand Californian and Disneyland. It's a great picture, uh, just very comfortable. It's got a very beachy theme to it. You know, they actually have the Donald's breakfast downstairs, character breakfast. I did not have it this time, but I've had it before. Very good. Um, you know, and it's just it's 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 comfortable. It's nice. It's a great place to go. So, you know, and being on property, we're able to actually get. Uh, 
were able to actually get into the parks early, like extra magic hours, uh, early morning hours, whatever they call them out there. Disney World is extra magic hours. I think that's what they call them at, at Disneyland. I'm not, I'm not sure the terminology. Uh, you think I know this, right? I'm the professional. Uh, but it's very important, and we'll get to why it's so important in a few minutes, but uh, single property really gives you that extra hour, and that extra hour is pretty crucial when it comes to a few things. We'll get to that. So that's number 10, number 9. Number 8, the inside-out emotional whirlwind. Okay, so I'm sitting there. Sitting there at the Lamplight Lounge, which we will also get to. I know I keep teasing things to coming up, but I'm sitting there at the Lamplight Lounge with my friends Alexa and Emily and Erin, uh, and we're all just sitting there, kind of chatting and everything, and and, and kind of hanging out. And and uh, Emily's looking on her app, the Disneyland app, to see what the time, the, the ride times were. And she, oh, you know, California Adventure, uh, Radiator Springs is an hour, and uh, then Credit Coaster is you know 45 minutes, and you know Mission Breakout is an hour, or whatever. And she said the emotional whirlwind. The inside out emotional whirlwind is 15 minutes, and I just piped up. We have to ride that. I had completely forgotten it was there because they did the whole Pixar Pier uh, renovation, and when I went last May, that was open, but the emotional whirlwind was not. That was the newest and latest ride they were putting in. And so I had forgotten about it. Emily mentioned it. I was excited. And I actually was like giddy because I'm thinking, we get to finally ride this. I'm so excited. And so we walked over after our food. Emotional um, Whirlwind is basically, uh, if you are familiar with Disneyland but haven't seen it, then I uh, haven't seen this ride in particular. If you remember the Bugs Life Flick ride, basically it's like you get in a little basket and it kind of lifts you up and it kind of twirls you around in one big circle. And, you know, the whole thing kind of maneuvers, kind of lifts a little bit. So you go up and down and up and down one big circle so it's not fast it doesn't make you dizzy it doesn't spin like the cars individually don't spin so you're fine um it was just very cute and very kitschy and very fun uh colors are great the color scheme is great it's got the inside out characters all over it and it's a great family ride uh if you go to my instagram uh magic on a dollar you'll see a video there that i posted about about a minute or so of it you kind of see what it looks like but it's very very purpley with the with the emotion little balls written all over or all over the place stacked up, you know every basket has a different character on it, and it's just it's fun and it was pleasant and it was nice and it was very nice. Night. It was a little cold, so we're all just kind of there riding this four adults crammed into a little basket and just had a great time. And I really really like that ride. It's something that I think a lot of people should should enjoy. Um, so that is my number eight. My number seven, the lamp. Light Lounge, as I just mentioned. Now, it is where the Ariel's Grotto used to be, and I think they call it Ariel's Grotto. Uh, that's where they had the character meal there when it was called um, uh, Paradise Pier. Now that it's Pixar Pier, they changed it over to the Lamplight Lounge, the lamp being Luxo from uh, Pixar movies. That's the lamp in the very front that kind of bump, 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 bounces, jumps on the eye, and looks at you like, hey, I'm going to kill you too. <laughs> so, so the Lamplight Lounge is, is now just appetizers, appetizers and drinks. And we got a seat by the water. Uh, we didn't stay for World of Color. World of Color was about an hour, hour and a half later, and we weren't going to sit there that long. But we got the four of us, again, uh, Alexa, Emily, and Aaron, and myself. And so we got some appetizers, and I'm not a spice guy. I am not a spice guy at all. My little poor, weak, pansy tummy cannot eat spice. And so the appetizers they got were the nachos and some sort of the chicken wings, and both of those were really spicy. Uh, what I got was the potato skins, and we all shared everything, so I ended up getting like two off of the plate. Thank you very much. I'm hungry. Uh, but uh, they were great. The potato skins were fantastic, and so that I really, really enjoyed. It came with some sort of dipping sauce, and um, I really wish I could have had a plate all, all to myself. Uh, you know, I got like a regular water or something like that, and everybody else got drinks and such, and, I, and I'm not a drinker. I'm 
I don't drink alcohol, so I wasn't worried about that. They had drinks, they tried them and everything, but it was a it was a fun atmosphere and just sitting there on the water. The experience itself was sitting there by the water and the, the credit coaster is going in the distance and the, the park sounds there and you know the energy and the lights of at night and just how peaceful it was. It was a little cool, but they had a they had a heater there, so it was kinda of keeping the table a little warm and just being there with friends and having a good time and it's one of those moments you're just sitting there like, Man, I could this moment could last forever for me and I'd be okay with it. And that's kinda of how it was. It was just so comfortable and so pleasant and um, it probably one of the most pleasant peaceful moments of my trip just enjoying company in a very cool setting uh, lamplight lounge comes in at number seven for me number six number six the exclusivity of disneyland and there are certain things at disneyland that you cannot get at disney world same at disney world versus disneyland you can't ride rock and roller coaster at disneyland and you can't do um you know you can't do expedition everest or flight of passage at disneyland there's there's those things and i'm a big fan of having exclusivity at parks i know for some people it's annoying because you want to be able to ride everything but it's nice having something at disney world that's not at disneyland and it's nice having things at disneyland that are not at disney world to that point i would even have loved it had they put maybe rise of the resistance in both parks and maybe Millennium Falcon in one and maybe the speeder bike ride in the other or maybe do Millennium Falcon in both parks and do rise in one 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 park and then do another different kind of just as cool ride in the other to give it that that sense of you got to go to both parks if you want to experience everything I think I, I think that'd be great and of course there are people that just they can't get to both and I understand that completely and I get it and I don't mean to exclude you by making that idea because guess what that idea is not going to happen uh, but I just think it would be cool to have that ex- exclusivity which is why I love going to Disneyland and riding Mr. Toad's Wild Ride uh, doing the Casey Jr. Train doing Alice in Wonderland um, doing the, the the storybook canal boats around the little little miniature villages um, you know doing Mission Breakout Tower of Terror Mission Bre- well it's Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World but at Disneyland it's, it's Mission Breakout and it's it's magnificent it is one of the most fun attractions I have ever been on because every time I go on it, and I've been on it probably four or five times by now, every time I ride it, the crowd is just cheering. The audience is cheering and laughing and having a great time. And it's one of those, it's like going to a movie. Uh, I kind of like it to go to a movie that everybody loves. Like uh, I remember in the 90s, I saw the movie Scream. And everybody had such a good time in that movie. The people are laughing and cheering and, and shrieking and just whatever, you know, in, in terror and yet laughing at the funny parts. And it's just fun being there with that audience. That, that's, that's an atmosphere I could not duplicate watching it a year later on HBO. Same thing with Mission Breakout. It's just an atmosphere you can't duplicate until you're there. And it's just a fun, fun attraction. The queue is fun. The uh, uh, the ride is fun. I mean, the whole thing is just fun. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, so that helps as well. Um, but that's there. And, of course, we have Tower of Terror at Walt Disney World. And I do not want Mission Breakout to come to Walt Disney World because I want it to be Tower of Terror. And, and I think it will be for the foreseeable future, for the foreseeable far future. But just having those things out there. Radio Springs Racers is a great example, too. I know there was a rumor that they may build Cars Land in Hollywood Studios. And I'm very thankful they didn't because I didn't want that to happen. I just didn't. I want it to be Radio Springs is out there. And we have Toy Story land here you know um so one of those things where i like the the exclusivity of the park so there's something about disneyland having those rides those attractions especially that used to be maybe that that used to be at disney world um but they still have them out there autopia is great i know we have the tomorrowland speedway i'm not a fan of the tomorrowland speedway guess what i like autopia at disneyland uh the nemo ride the 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 submarine voyage which used to be twenty thousand leagues under the sea at disney world uh, it's not there anymore. Now that whole area is Bell's Cap, uh, Beast Castle, and uh, Chain of Tales with Bell, and so on. Um, 
but uh, uh, you know now it's it's they still have the Finding Nemo submarine voyage over Disneyland. I, I just love the exclusivity. I'm going on and on about the different rides and such, but I love having things there at Disneyland. You can't do at Disney World. It's just one of those things. Number five for me, the characters at the Plaza Inn. Now, the Plaza Inn is a restaurant there in uh, in Magic Kingdom. Now, or Disneyland. I it's I guess it's Magic Kingdom, but it's Disneyland. I say Magic Kingdom. That's a kind of a Disney World thing. It is Disneyland, California Adventure, Disneyland, the two parks. Uh, the whole thing is called the Disneyland Resort. Just FYI, in case you're confused, which it can be confusing. But the 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 Plaza Inn is right there in Disneyland, kind of off of Main Street, and it's very similar and very styled, kind of like the Crystal Palaces in Disney World. Now, we had breakfast there as a big group. There were about 20 of us or so, and we had a good time there. And we all went in there, and I will tell you, that is the best character interaction I have ever had. Ever. Ever. It was amazing. And I have probably had two dozen character meals. Uh, you know, many of them the same. I've had Tusker House like ten times. The Bon Voyage breakfast over at uh, uh, at Boardwalk and, and World, Walt Disney World I've had probably four or five, six times, you know. And, and I've had a lot of character interactions. Some great, some not as good. Some just downright, this is awful. Um... But at the Plaza Inn, as we're walking in, I'm looking around, and first of all, I see Max from a Goofy movie. I knew that he existed as a character, but I had never even seen him in costume, never even seen him there. Saw Max, I immediately got a picture with him, because it was just, it was cool. It was awesome. And I looked around, and there was Winnie the Pooh and Tigger walking around. I'm like, okay, well, there's those two, and there's Eeyore, and that's fine. Okay, cool. You know, we've got four characters. And then I've, there's Rafiki. What? Why is Rafiki here? That, Rafiki is awesome. Okay, great. There's Rafiki. What? There's there's Captain Hook. Captain Cook is Captain Hook is here too. I mean, it's you know here comes here comes Chip and Dale. Basically, I counted what seven characters all milling and roaming around. I've never ever seen a character meal with that many characters. The, you get five. You get five at uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious breakfast in Walt Disney World, and that's a lot. I mean, you you bank on that. You get four at most places, and uh, there were seven, and it blew me away. And they were all so friendly. The Fred Godmother, she was also there, too. All the characters... For the most part, spent a lot of time in our area. We kind of had a section over in the corner where one poor little family was kind of close to us, and so they had to deal with all of us yelling back and forth. But, you know, there's 20 adults there all having a good time being Disney lovers. And, and uh, you know, the characters were great. The interaction was great. I got some great pictures. Uh, we had one of our one of our, our, our compatriots, one of our fellow agents there. She's a little, little small, a little tiny, and so Rafiki tried to pick her up, kind of the Lion King thing, which was funny. Um, Captain Hook, you know, went back and forth with a couple of the, uh, couple of the girls we had there just it was so much fun the, the fairy godmother was great talking to everybody and giving us all good wishes and good dreams and blah 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 and character interaction was fantastic the best character interaction i have ever had was at the plaza end so that's my number five my number four the entrance from the grand california now folks paradise beer is affordable it's a little more affordable than disneyland and, and grand california disneyland is my favorite the history that's there it's right there at downtown disney you walk out the door you basically walk 50 yards less than that you can get a monorail into the park itself so that's awesome uh, the grand california that is like the grand floridian and uh, you know the, the california version obviously because it's in california in anaheim not orlando and so you got the the grand california now it's a little pricey, and the theming for me is okay. I mean, it's not perfect. It's kind of a mixture of the Lodge part of Wilderness Lodge uh, with the Lodge part of Animal Kingdom. Kind of the same designer, the same architect, and so you have this grand, uh, grand, just uh, uh, sprawling uh, lobby that's very tall. It's like four or five stories tall, and it's just beautiful. And the furniture and the, and the fixings and the, and the decor and the rugs and the tapestries and everything look great. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's great. But one of the great appeals of it is the fact that you can walk out of the sidewalk um, of the Grand, uh, Grand Californian and walk straight into 
California Adventure. They do a bag check right there as you're walking in. They do a ticket check right there as you're walking in. So literally, you could be sitting on the end of your bed watching TV, and Stacy's not there, unfortunately. Trust me, I looked for her. I knew she wouldn't be there, but just hoping against hope. Um, I was looking up for her on the TV. You can w- walk from the, the, the foot of your bed and be in the line for Soren in less than 15, maybe 20 minutes, depending on how long the bag line is, and depending on where your room is. It's that close. It is such a great thing. Now, understand, I love the monorails. I do. I love the monorails over at Disney World. You get to ride it from Grand Floridian, Floridian and uh, Polynesian and Contemporary. It takes you to the Magic Kingdom. It takes you to the Transportation and Ticket Center. That's great. I love it. Those 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 resorts are really expensive because they're on the monorail. The convenience of it is great. But you got to wait for the monorail. you got to wait for the monorail to come. you got to wait for it to unload. you got to find a monorail spot. Sometimes it stops on the tracks. It's got to stop at each park, whatever. Grand California, you just walk in. It's spectacular. Oh, are you going to Disneyland? Well, why don't you just take the exit into uh, downtown Disney? To go in there, you basically go in between a dress shop and Sephora as you're walking through into the main sidewalk, main walkway. Take a right. And walk, I don't know, five minutes, and there's Disneyland and California Adventure right there. It is The entrances are just amazing, and they are unbeatable to be able to get that close to the parks. Uh, now, you pay the price. It is kind of a kind of more expensive resort. We stayed in three-bedroom villas. There was a group of us, and we're all staying in different bedroom villas and stuff. So, you know, I was able to stay in a bigger room that, I, that a lot of families probably wouldn't go for because of the price. But uh, it was it was amazing. Uh, and I will say that if you if the price is okay with you, if the price is cool with you at, at something like that, then stay at a three-bedroom villa or a two-bedroom villa or a one-bedroom villa because you got the full kitchen, you got the comfortable. And I slept on the uh, I slept on the sleeper sofa. Uh, had no problems on the sofa at all. I, I was fine. And I'm somebody who likes more of a softer mattress with a softer pillow. Had no problems whatsoever. I slept very comfortably the entire time. So uh, my number uh, number four for me is the entrance from the Grand Californian to the parks, which is just fantastic. Number three, Rise of the Resistance. Now I have seen all the pictures. I have watched the videos. I have gone on YouTube. I'm the guy. I'm the kind of guy who will go on, on Wikipedia and read the end, uh, read the plot of a book before I even read it, or maybe read the last few pages to kind of see how it wraps up before I read it. So I don't mind getting spoiled. I'm I don't care about spoilers at all. Unless it's Survivor. Do not spoil Survivor for me. Please don't. Don't at me. Uh, but no, Roger the Resistance, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos and everything. And I thought, well, I'm prepared for this, right? Uh, I was not prepared for what I saw regardless. It does not do it justice. Walking to that grand room where you see all the stormtroopers lined up there. It is just spectacular. Now, you, I think they're kind of statues. I don't think they're actually moving. I didn't see really many of them moving. So I was thinking maybe animatronics. But I didn't really see that. But... Just seeing them all lined up there is amazing. And because you're on a starship. You're on an Imperial destroyer. You really are. The whole premise of the queue and everything sets you up where you've been captured and taken to the destroyer. You're going to be interrogated to find out where the rebel base is. And the the resistance, they they, uh, they help you escape, which is what the, you know, which is what the ride's all about. Um, it is it is incredible. It is spectacular. Um, now, the the downside to it is you have to do the boarding groups. And the boarding groups are a little tough because within four or five seconds, they're gone. You basically have to, and this is where Extra Magic Hours helps, you have to get into the park. You have to open up your Disneyland app. Now, it's not like Disney World where you can do fast passes ahead of time. You have to get something called Max Pass. Uh, well, you can do that in the park. I don't think you have to get Max Pass to get a boarding group. Um, but that's their Fast Pass version is Max Pass. And so uh, that's their that's their online app uh, uh, fast pass version. You can actually go with your ticket and physical paper fast passes if you want to do that, but you want max pass. Back to rise. Uh, at, at 
let's say the park opens at 9, right at 9 o'clock, you have to be on your app, and you have to basically log in immediately and get a boarding group. You kind of go through the app real quick to get to the Star Wars section. You you sign up for a boarding group, you know, push a button, and hope that it's there. Um, our first group was Group 106, and we weren't sure if we were going to get on it or not. Our second group that we got the next day was uh, Group 77, and we were pretty sure we were going to get on it. Um, you know, we had a group next to us uh, that got Group 16. We had another group that got Group 20. Wow, I was in Group 106 the first day, and it's it just goes that fast. It really, really does. Um, now, there are plenty of tips and everything out there about Rise of the Resistance and how to get on the ride, how to do a boarding. Well, maybe we'll do that in a, in a future episode really soon to kind of help you people out. But uh, for really, for uh, uh, for for this, for the Rise, you get on you get on the boarding groups at Park Open. Now, the extra magic hours really help you out because you're already in the park. Because remember, to get a boarding group, you have to be in the park. So if you get there and the park opens at 9 and you get there at, say, 8.30... There's already going to be a very long line to get into the park itself. Or you have to get there at 7 to get towards the front of the line. Once you get in there, everybody's going to veer off to the side with their phones to try to get a boarding group as fast as they can. And if you're way back there, there's a chance you get into the park, you may not get that boarding group. Extra magic hours, you're already in the park. You can't get a boarding group during extra magic hours. You have to wait till the official park opens. So several times we were in there from 8 to 9 just kind of doing rides, kind of goofing off, having a good time. When 9 o'clock rolled around, boom, we're on our phones. And it's really kind of funny because you could look around and see about 8.45-ish or so, 8.55, everybody steps off to the side. Everybody's on the side sidewalk holding their phones, looking down at their phones, talking to each other in whispers, I mean, like huddled around each other. And then when 9 o'clock hits, people start cheering or moaning or groaning because they didn't get it. You see, you know, 16, we got 32, which is whatever. It's 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 really kind of a comical scene. Uh, it's kind of a cool scene too, because you all have that sense of camaraderie because you're all trying to accomplish this great goal. And it's like, what'd you get? Oh, I got 37. Yes. Okay. What'd you get? 54. Perfect. I mean, you're cheering for each other. You go, Oh, you got 140. Well, maybe, Oh, I don't know. Good luck, man. Good luck. I hope you get it. And so, and then they call your boarding group all throughout the day. They call like 10 at a time. Now boarding one through 15, now boarding, you know, 10 through 21, now boarding uh, 17 through 29. They'll call a groups uh, at a time and you have about, well, they've said two hours. Now you've basically have an hour to get there wherever you are in the park. You have an hour to return for your boarding group, and it will shut you off. It will say, oh, your boarding group time has passed. You don't get in. So you got to be careful about that because you got to heed your boarding group. Um, it is a spectacular ride. It really is amazing. Uh, you know, we got in line. Once you get into the boarding group itself, you actually have a longer line to go through because now you have to get through the queue of the actual ride itself. So the first day, we probably waited 45 minutes. The second day went a little faster. You have like a kind of a pre-show uh, kind of thing that kind of sets up what's going on, uh, which is extremely cool when you get into that little thing make sure you watch the the monitor the videos the, the quote-unquote spaceship windows on both sides because different things are happening on both of them so kind of need to watch both um and then you go through another line where the first the first order has captured you and basically taken you through the line itself. So that line can also be kind of long too. And then you actually get on the ride itself. Uh, spectacular. That's my number three favorite thing about Disney World or uh, Disneyland uh, when I was there. Number two. Disneyland with friends. Now, I am in a travel agency called Upon a Star Travel and Concierge. Now, previously, I was in an agency called Paradise Falls Travel Co., and uh, I chose to go to Upon a Star, just, uh, you know, a different direction, and uh, everything is wonderful, everything is great. I just chose to step out into a different direction to do some different things, and I'm with Upon a Star. The team is incredible. Uh, the team is incredible. The agency is incredible. It's probably one of the best teams I have ever, ever, ever worked with. And I was able to meet about 15 new people for the first time ever. 
right there, uh, you know, as I walked into these rooms and kind of met these people and everything, and being able to ride these attractions and experience the dinner and the lunches and the good times and some of the crappy times, too, not everything is perfect, experience that with all, pe- all people that I can now consider my friends is pretty cool. And I think that if you've ever been to Disney World or you've ever been to Disneyland with friends or even just any park, experience it with friends is cool, but somewhere like Disney is even better. Uh, you get to experience memories. You know, we have four adults crammed into a key- teacup spinning as fast as we can when you have four adult arms holding onto that little wheel spinning you go very fast uh being able to experience meals together and enjoying time together just uh you know because i don't know when i'll see these people again we'll we'll have further agency retreats coming up i think i'll have a chance to go on one in mexico actually pretty soon i've never been which i'm excited Uh, and i don't know who all is going to become to that for sure so who knows who i'll meet and who knows who i'll be with but this was just it was a great time to be with friends great time to be with people that uh that i have just met and maybe some people that i've known for a while friend of the show jennifer who's been on the show several times, Jennifer Novotny. Um, she and her partner, Lori, kind of own the agency, and I've met both of them. I've met Jennifer several times, of course. and you know, So it was great hanging out with her in, more, in a more of a real-world setting rather than just on the phone. You know, and just uh, having having those new friends around, and I think that's a big deal. Uh, so if you have a chance, make sure you – and the solo trips are great. Solo trips are great. Make sure you tune in to Travel Tips Tuesday podcast with my friend John. Uh, you can search that up on iTunes, and he actually does a, uh, does a, does a solo show. Uh, where he talks about uh, the latest episode, I think talks about doing solo stuff in the park, which is cool. I mean, I've been to the park solo. I kind of like it with people. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you can listen to tips from him about what to do when you're on on your own and the cool things you can do. You can do a lot of cool things, but I I really got a lot out of this weekend being with people that I really liked being around. And that's my number two thing is just Disneyland with friends, being with friends and being with people that you care about and people that kind of give you joy and make you happy. Number one for me, my favorite thing about Disneyland, and this is really my favorite thing overall about Disneyland, uh, and I've talked about this before in previous podcasts, but just the history of Disneyland itself. Disneyland is a magnificent park. Uh, now, I'm going to talk about California Adventure, which I love California Adventure, but obviously it's brand new. It's only been around about 20 years or so, and they had to do a major refurb about 10 years ago because California Adventure was having some problems because they just weren't bringing people in uh, with the addition of Pixar Pier and, of course, the Cars Land and such. That kind of has turned that, that park around, and it's a great park to be a part of. And, of course, Avengers Campus is coming. So maybe when I go back next year, uh, that'll be my number one favorite thing is the Avengers stuff. But, but right now, the history of Disneyland, walking those streets – where Walt Disney walked. And I mean, I'll stand on Main Street, and I'll kind of look down Main Street, and in my mind, I could picture Walt Disney standing right there in that walkway, standing right there. Because, you know, the, the stories are that he would come down from the apartment. He had an apartment above the fire station. He would come down from that apartment, and he would serve orange juice to the people working on, on the buildings, working on the, on the park before the park was open. You know, he would sit on the bench, and he would watch people as they went by. He would ride rides with people. You know, the whole uh, uh, trash can mythology is real. Um the story goes that he would sit on a park bench and he would observe people with trash in their hand and how many steps they would take before they would just drop it. Uh, how many steps, you know, before they would they would look for a trash can before they decided, ah, I can't find a trash can, I'll just drop it. And he determined that, that, that people, at least back then, would take an average of 26 steps to find a trash can before they drop, just drop the trash and they didn't want to hold on to it anymore. So at Disneyland and at Disney World, actually, uh, every trash can, there is a trash can within 26 steps of another trash can, which means there are trash cans everywhere at Disneyland and at Disney World, too. Now, that's, that's been true for Disneyland. I think it's still true for Disney World, but who knows? They may have changed that. But uh, just that mythology of, of Disney, Walt Disney doing that, knowing he was there, his brother was there, Roy was there helping build the park as well, and just seeing that park come up around it. And of course, we heard the stories about the disaster that happened the first day uh, by the second third day it was doing pretty well but that first day was just of Disneyland opening was a complete disaster um 
you know, just having the, the history of it there, and I keep using that word history because that's what it is. For me who loves Disney, for somebody like me who loves the Disney stuff, uh, being able to be there where it started and seeing the lamp above the fire station it kind of lit in honor of Walt Disney, um, knowing that uh, he rode the teacups. I was on the teacups actually spinning as fast as we can with three other adults uh, all using our adult strength to spin that teacup. And I'm thinking to myself, Walt rode this ride. Maybe he didn't ride the exact car I'm in. Maybe the cars have been replaced out of the teacups. I don't know. But he rode this ride. He rode this attraction. And when I was doing, you know, um, uh, when I was doing um, uh, Alice in Wonderland, you know, he was on that attraction. When I was doing Small World, he rode that attraction. He rode these things, which is just so cool to me, knowing he did these things. And uh, that's my number one favorite thing about Disneyland. And I think it always will be my number one favorite thing. Disney World, again, is my home. I love Disney World. But there's a sense of history. And, well, let me say, the Disney World has its own history, too. I love walking around Disney World and telling stories. And, you know, because there are a lot of stories I know about Disney World, about things, about attractions, about mythology, about the ghost stories and the good stuff and the bad stuff. And this worked and this didn't and blah, blah, blah. But there's a sense of history at Disneyland you just can't get anywhere else. And I love that about Disneyland. I hope you hear it in my voice. If you never have a chance to go, make sure you go. And if you've been several times and you've never done the walks, Walking in Walt's Footsteps tour, try to do that too. It's about $100 and you listen to audio of Walt Disney talking, but you have a cast member telling you a lot about it. And, and I've talked about this before, about how great the, the, the attraction was, but uh, how great the, the, the tour was. But uh, make sure you do that. Now, real quick, I want to run through three things that I didn't care for as much since I gave you my top top ten. Uh, number three, the Haunted Mansion and Snow White Scary Adventures were closed. Now, that's something that I can't help. That's something that nobody can help. It just happened. They, they were closed for refurbishment. It's just the week we decided to go. They're closed. Unfortunately, it stinks. But they're closed. So what can you do? And I, I kind of was kind of sour about that because I wish I could have ridden Haunted Mansion especially. I love the Haunted Mansion out there. Number two for me, the Plaza Inn breakfast itself. Now, I mentioned at, uh, earlier in my top ten that the characters were fantastic. Character interaction, the seven characters running around were just great. I had such a good time with the characters. The breakfast itself was sheer chaos. Now, it's not like a buffet normally where you go up and just dip your eggs out, dip your sausage and everything on your plate. They had lines, and they would basically dip for you. Now, you could go back as much as you want and get your food, but basically, you had to wait in line for everything. And so I had to wait in line for my eggs, I had to wait in line for my sausage, I had to wait in line for my waffles. Um, by the time you get back to your table, your food's kind of cold, and you've missed characters because they've come around to that area where, you, where your other people are, or who's already gotten their food, and it just wasn't done well. We have two people in our group that have allergies, so they were waiting on allergy plates of, of waffles and things, and they had to wait forever, so the service wasn't getting out there. So the service itself was not as good as I'd like it to be, it just, it just wasn't as good. It just wasn't. Now the breakfast, it tasted fine. The breakfast food was good, so don't, don't get me wrong there, nothing to the chef the chef did his job it was, the food was great but it really was a mass chaos area because a lot of people were all crammed in that little dining area trying to all get food and it was just this sheer like holy crap i mean i was there for 25 minutes trying to get breakfast food to go sit down and by then i'd already missed poo and i think max had come around which i'd gotten a picture with max and poo had to come back um and it's just one of those things like you know i, I will i feel like they could fix that i feel like they could kind of do a little little something different with what they had so that's my number two negative thing about it and my number one thing uh we're gonna back to food again um first of all i didn't enjoy my meal at the blue bayou i did not the blue bayou was okay i had steak uh wasn't cooked well enough and that's just me being grapey uh really but 
for all its its reputation about how good the Blue Bayou is, and it looks beautiful, you actually can see the restaurant as you're floating along in Pirates of the Caribbean before it actually goes back into the actual ride itself. So it looks cool. This the the food was great. the service was great, but the food was just okay. Um, my one I guess that's my one A. My one B would be Goofy's Kitchen. Uh, now you pay when you walk in. It's about sixty bucks for an adult. So I can imagine a family of four dropping two hundred fifty bucks in this thing. Uh, just it's one of those things where. You know, you pay as you go in. So, and I don't want to say, well, the server doesn't care because you've already paid him because gratuity is included. But sometimes I think that can be the case, whether you're at Disney or whether you're at Outback on a special deal. Sometimes if you've already paid for the food, and the, the gratuity's already been paid for, server may not care as much. And my server was just kind of okay. Now, I went to Goofy's Kitchen for dinner, and I've, I've heard that breakfast is phenomenal. I've heard it's just incredible, wonderful breakfast. I, I, I don't know. I didn't have breakfast there. I had dinner. And uh, for breakfast, previously, I've had Steak 55, which is there, right there by Goofy's Kitchen. And it was a great breakfast at a very affordable price for, for Disney. But for, uh, for the actual Goofy's Kitchen dinner, the food was just okay. It was set up a lot like Chef Mickey, where you have like your steak and your 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 roast beast is what I call it. You have your waffles over here for the kids, chicken nuggets and pizza, and you know a few dishes. There weren't that many dishes. I would say at a buffet, it's probably one of the like least amount of, of dishes I've seen. I don't you know at any Disney buffet, not a whole lot of food there. Um, I mean, there's enough food to feed everybody, so it's not like three things. I mean, there's probably a couple of dozen items there, but not a ton. Uh, you know, the characters were there. I met Goofy, which was fun, and I met Chip and Dale, which was great. I met Minnie Mouse and uh, Pluto. Uh, Minnie, was, Minnie was trouble, though, because I was over off to the side. It was kind of late in the evening on Thursday evening. I wanted to go somewhere where I had not gone, and uh, Lamplight Lounge at that point was already booked up, so I'm like, well, let me just go over here to uh, to, to Goofy's Kitchen and try it out. Um, the the this, the side I was sitting on was kind of – there was me and two other families, and the two other families were finishing as I was starting. So when they got up and left, um, you know, Minnie apparently had already come through that area when I got up to get food, and so she didn't come back. So I had to get the server to bring Minnie back over because – and you might think to yourself, well, it's just Minnie. You've met Minnie before. Well, yeah, but I paid $65 to meet characters, so I'm going to meet every single character you have. Uh, hey, I need you to go put on a costume for me and be somebody else. Bring Bolt out here. Come on, give me, a, give me some Lady Tremaine or something. Give me more characters for my price um you know so i had to go get mini for that and i never got a refill of my drink and it's the small things that kind of add up overall because it's one of those things where well why are you complaining this is not a waffle house or a coffee kettle that i'm paying you know 16 bucks for my waffle plate and my drink and didn't get refilled this is a 65 dollar meal i should have chocolate milk and coke all i want and i should have an attentive server and i didn't get that so i wasn't really that happy with the meal itself uh it's not something i don't think i'm going to really encourage people to go to unless you just really want goofy's kitchen uh if you want a full meal with all the characters storytellers cafe was fantastic for brunch we loved it a uh, great characters there too um also the the one over at uh, paradise pier with donald and i think it's called donald's breakfast it's it's some some name now that i didn't catch it's also a very good meal uh so there are other places to get characters other places to do character stuff that you don't at the plaza inn if you can if you can deal with breakfast and that mass chaos of breakfast you get seven characters or at least we did anyway i don't know if that's the normal but it was it was amazing so i don't know that i would recommend goofy's kitchen probably the most negative part of my entire weekend but i gotta say if having to chase down Minnie Mouse to get a picture with her is the worst part of my weekend, 
that's a pretty good weekend talking right there. That's a pretty good time. Had a great time at Disneyland. So uh, if you're listening out there, thanks to the entire Upon a Star Travel and Concierge team uh, for, for just accepting me and um, helping me be part of the team because I you know, met you guys for the first time. And it was fantastic. It was wonderful. So that, so that is my Disneyland weekend. And that's going to wrap up this show. That's going to wrap up our show here. I'm, uh, I'm sure you're tired of hearing me drone on about Disneyland. So next week, we'll talk more about Disney World and maybe some Universal as always. Have some more guests on as well coming soon find me online magic on a dollar com is my website find me on twitter magic on a dollar find me on instagram magic on a dollar and of course find me on facebook also magic on a dollar that's my fan page but you can find me on uh, on my business page disney on a dollar and that's uh, where we do a lot of the photos a lot of the videos and stuff from trips you can kind of go there and get your fill of disney news and reviews and things like that and uh, go join the page i'd love to hear from you uh let me know what we're doing magic on a dollar at gmail.com is my email address and i'd love to hear from you there as well so you can kind of let me know what's going on and if you'd like to stay at a good neighbor hotel if you want to stay at the hojo over at anaheim or at paradise pier or the grand californian or anywhere at disneyland or maybe Disney World, or how about Adventures by Disney, by the way, because I've actually done some training there, or how about a Disney River Cruise? That's right, on the Rhine, on the Scene, and and uh, some of the other rivers over in Europe that I can't remember. How about a Disney River Cruise? Or maybe Alani in Hawaii. You know what? I don't want to do Disney right this time. What about Royal Caribbean or Norwegian Cruise Lines? What about Sandals and a weekend away with the family or just the, just the, the significant other or just by yourself? Who knows? I can help you with all of that. That's right. We are expanding out beyond Disney and Universal to help do a lot of these other things as well. And I would love to help you do a lot of those things. So my name is David Dollar. Once again, thank you for joining me here on the Magic Hundred Dollar Podcast. All my information is there. And uh, you guys have a great week. Don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar. Facebook at Disney on a Dollar. And of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.